Welcome to the Dag Hewitt Mills podcast. Dag Hewitt Mills podcast is a broadcast outreach of Dag Hewitt Mills Ministries, which has the duty to bring you the very best from the vast teaching archive of healing evangelist, best-selling author, and megachurch pastor, Dag Hewitt Mills. This Monday, Bishop Dag will continue to teach us about the burden of love and the importance of reciprocating God's great love towards us. In today's message, Bishop Dag will focus on the lesser quoted 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 7 and he will help you to better understand the concept that love must have a nature of faith, hope and endurance in order to survive. You will also gain wisdom keys on how you can practically walk in love and obey the most important commandment for a Christian, which is to love God and love others. Be blessed by the word. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Isaiah chapter 48, it's time to give an offering, amen, Isaiah 48 and verse 17, thus says the Lord, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord, thy God, which teacheth teacheth thee to profit. Can you hear the noise? Try and solve it, okay? Be active. Right. I am the Lord, thy God, which teacheth thee to profit, which leadeth thee by the way that thou shouldest go. Amen. I believe that God is a God that teaches us how to profit, how to prosper. Amen. To profit um, is to, it means to prosper, to ascend, to ascend, to benefit, to become valuable. That's what the Hebrew word says. So I believe that our God is a God who teaches us how to ascend. So right now, as you are here, God is trying to teach you how to ascend, how to benefit, how to profit, or how to become valuable. Amen. I'm the Lord God which teacheth thee to profit. Okay? So he's not only I am the Lord that healeth thee. You know something? Anybody who is practical, come here and look at the sound there and just try to see what it is. Be active on stage. We all didn't invent these things. Find out what is making the noise and just solve it. Oh, I shall do it for you. <laughs> Beautiful. It says, I am the Lord that healeth thee. Thank you. 
I am the Lord that healeth thee. Amen. But he is not only the Lord that heals us, but he is the Lord that teaches you to ascend and to profit. How many feel that you need to ascend? The problem is solved, brother. Go away. Problem is solved. How many feel that you need to go higher than where you are now? Beautiful. And I believe that God is here today to teach you how to profit. Amen. Amen. So, I don't know how old you are, but over the next 10 to 20 years, how are you going to be like? Are you going to be doing well? Are you going to be profiting and ascending? Or are you going to be plateauing? Or are you going to be descending? Yeah. So we must be men of faith so that we actually benefit from God. Because God is real, whether you like it or not. Now, it says, I am the Lord thy God, which teacheth thee to profit, and which leadeth thee by the way that thou shouldest go. So, there are two things in this beautiful scripture. Because, I'm, you know, it's like almost every Sunday, I'm having a little Uh, teaching on prosperity how to prosper how to benefit okay how to advance and to ascend so this is the prosperity part of the preaching okay and he says that I teach you and I lead you so if you have uh, a bible that you can mark you know I want everybody to have an ipad or a tablet. Do you have one? Because it is now something that you should have instead of depending on physical, even the the newspapers, they don't even print even 100 copies because no one really reads papers. It's a past, you know, we, if you don't move on, you'll be left behind in a funny way. Do you see? Because at first, it's like everything depends on newspapers. So if you are using newspapers to harass people, you see that your power finishes. Oh, there was a time that, I mean, in Ghana, Chronicle was used to harass front page people. You know, like churches. I know a church that was harassed by that newspaper. Hey! It wasn't easy. Every week, they will take you on. And the power is finished. And the people are, are, cannot be found. So, things have moved on. So, what you, what you, you need to have an iPad or a tablet. How many have? How many don't have? Raise your hand if you don't have. So that I pray for you. Father, 
send. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Receive it. Father, send iPads flying to everyone who desires it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, instead of using it, you cannot use it for a bad thing. You can only use it for your Bible and other books. Hmm. But who, how many of you have phones? How many of you read on your phones? Do you read books on your phone? And as you are reading it, the WhatsApps will be coming and the other messages will be coming. How can you concentrate? I mean, how can you? Anyway. So here again, the Bible is saying, I am the Lord that teacheth thee to profit. So what I'm telling you now will teach you to profit. Okay? And which leadeth thee by the way that thou shouldest go. So if you take, let's say, a nation like Ghana, all right, since 1957, we've been independent. And you, you see that rarely in the news do you hear the word colonialism, <laughs> neocolonialism, and such things. No one even mentions a colonial master or the white man came to do anything bad to us. Because as the years have gone by, we can see the reason why we are not prospering is, I don't know what reason is, it's not the white man. If at all, the white man's what he built, we've dismantled. We've dismantled it. When he left, there was a real way here. And we are here, there's no, you can't catch a train from Accra to Kumasi. You should be able to catch a train from Accra to Kumasi. Or Accra to Tamale. You should be able to just sit on the train and you'll be there. But we've dismantled all of them. we dismantled all the things. Everything, we've dismantled them. And it's been 60 something years now. That's why we stopped mentioning them. What, what we do now is we mention the previous government as the reason for whatever is not working here. We mention the last group that they left behind debts and this and that and that and economic order, this, whatever, with a lot of words that we can understand. But basically you can see that we don't know how to prosper. And how to ascend. Yeah. So now we don't have roads. To go from here to here. Now the roads. Are littered with. Robbers. In Nigeria. The roads are littered with robbers and kidnappers. From city to city. That's the main thing now. And it's. We are having, what do you call it in Ghana too? Robbers. Because most of the things in Nigeria 
come to Ghana next? Hmm? Yeah. You know, you should just do your eye like this and look. You see that you are, you are everywhere. Same. What I'm trying to say is that profiting and prospering is also something that is an art. Something that you learn. And God says that I wanted to teach you how to profit. And number two, I wanted to lead you. There are different things. I'm the Lord that teaches you. And then I also lead you. Because you, he may teach you, but if, you don't, if he doesn't lead you, with your teachings and the knowledge you have, if you are not led by God, you still cannot do well. So that's why I always talk about the supernatural element in everything that we are doing. Yes, the teachings are important, but there is leading by God. God leads you in your life. So it's important that all of us are taught by God and are led by God. So today, everybody listening to me, take these two things God wants to give to you. One is teachings. You see, teaching. I'll tell you something. If you listen to preaching, if you make yourself someone who takes, let's say, messages. I'm your pastor, so you take my messages, any message, okay, any series of messages or message, and decide to soak any message at all. No, it, 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 whatever is nice to you, you can just listen to it. But if you decide to soak it in to the point where you can teach it, then I will say that the teaching has entered you. Recently, I was, you know, I was listening to Derek Prince, and um, I, I was going through, you know, I have so many messages, so I was going through. And I said, oh, this one I remember, but I can't remember what is in it. But I have an idea, but I can't remember even, like, the scriptures that he uses in that message, even though I've listened to it before. So I realized that I haven't actually soaked in that message. Because if I have soaked it in, even, I would even remember the outline and then the scripture basis of the message. Because it's the scripture that is being taught to me, not ideas. So if, for instance, you say you listen to the burden of love or whatever, but you can't even get the train of thought, because the train of thought is quite clear in the messages if you take time to listen. And the ones where the train of thought is not so clear are sometimes the more powerful ones because it requires you to keep listening. Do you understand what is this message about? Yeah. And often it's because you haven't gone deep enough. So you, you think you've been taught, but actually you've not been taught. You've been attending services. Attending service is different from being taught. I, I'm, I'm telling you something. You, you listen to me. I'm saying that if you take preaching and soak it in, 
the same thing. You see, not many things till the teaching is in you and you are implemented. I am very sure that you will start to profit or ascend. Yes. Try it and see. Some years ago, I was a student, 1988, medical student, and um, I was going to Suhum. I had my own car. My father bought me a brand new car when I was a student. So, I was driving to um, Suhum, Accra Suhum, on the Accra Kumasi road. So, on the way was airport, action center used to be there. And they had a bookshop called Lord J Bookshop. So I passed there and I just entered the shop and I saw Kenneth Hagin tapes and other materials. So I just picked one. I already had a lot of Kenneth Hagin tapes, but when I saw it, so let, let me take this one. So I bought a said, I'm going to soak, listen to these ones whilst I am in Suhum for one month. Do you see? Yeah. yeah. So when I arrived in Suhum, I, I didn't also have a tape recorder, but my, my beloved, I think she was my beloved or my friend, had a tape recorder, a red tape recorder, small one. But the thing about her tape recorder was that it was auto-reverse. In those days, we used tapes. And you don't usually get one that is auto-reverse. It never stops. When it goes here and ends, it comes back. It goes here, it comes back. So that was what she had. So I said, oh, can I borrow it? So I borrowed it from her. Because she was my friend. Yes. <laughs> so it was with me, basically. So I took it with me to Suhum. And when I got there, I just opened a pack of tapes. And I put in the first one. Kenneth Hagin preaching about demons. As soon as he started playing, I knew that I've heard this before. Especially the stories. It sounds similar, but it was on. So it became my radio. It's on. As soon as I enter my room, it's on. I am the Lord that teacheth thee to profit. Yes. Then I started to listen to the teachings. Just teaching whatever it is that he is teaching. Whatever. I've come to see that uh, Anything at all. It's not bad at all. Uh, The topic doesn't seem to matter. Because the word of God is something from God. Something from God is coming to you. Whatever it is about. Doesn't seem to matter. Sometimes I'm so amazed when people say that. They bless on that. They mention a message. And I remember when I was preaching that message. And I'm. I remember the message and I said, hey, this is what even blessed somebody. I said, wow. I realized that the word of God, it is something from God. So I put it on and started listening all the time. Now I desired to pray even though I was tired. How many have desired to pray even though you are tired? Yes. So, one night, I was listening to this tape. I, I knelt down, maybe around 8 o'clock, I don't know what time, in the evening sometime. And then, but as I was praying, I was listening to the stories, 
Then I fell asleep on my knees. When I woke up, I was still kneeling down. It was the middle of the night somewhere, about 3 a.m. Everything was dark. I was in the room. It was very dark. And the tape was on because it was auto-reverse. It has never stopped. It has not rested. My ears and my tympanic membranes have been receiving the sound waves throughout the night. And I was still on my knees praying. And suddenly, something jumped out of the tape. Yeah, and came into my belly. I'm talking about teachings. I'm the Lord that teaches thee. And jumped into my belly, and then I heard a voice in the room. And the voice said that from today, you can teach. Yeah. Now, I have been listening to Kenneth Hagin for about 10 years already. I started hearing him around 1978. And this is 1988. Yes. The same person with the same message. But I found him, I found him wonderful to me. It was, he was wonderful. You know, last week I was listening to somebody on video. When he finished preaching, I blurted out, you are lovely. I just blurted out. I was alone in my room. I said, you are lovely. Because you see, my spirit was... My spirit was uh, uh, blessed as he, he, he preached. I just shouted, you are lovely. Yes. Because the word that I was just watching him preach and minister, it just was something wonderful to me. Yes. So when, when he finished, the video was over, I just said, you are lovely. You know. So but that, that, that you are lovely showed the admiration in my heart and in my spirit. To, for the, I mean, it was, it was the preaching it was that was what was not. Not having heard, I've heard it several times. The same one I was listening to. Teaching don't enter you once when you just listen to something once. You are not really taught. You are not really taught. I'm telling you. God wants to teach you so that you will ascend. He says, I am the Lord who teaches you how to profit. It's not, you, you, you don't just become, you don't just ascend because you have gold and oil and timber and people and educated people. You don't just ascend because of that. You may be gifted, but you may not go high. I am the Lord that teaches you I wish you would be a taught person. I had a friend, he's, he's, he's dead now, he was called Benza. He used to use the word, he said, soak it in. He used to say, soak it in, soak it in. We're soaking it, like soaking in or preaching. He said, soak it in. He used to use the word, soak it in, soak it in. Eh. <laughs> he was, he would be like about preaching and teaching messages and tapes. Those were the things that were valuable to somebody gives you a tape. It's like he's giving you something. Soak it in. Soak it in. Soak in the word. Soak in the word. You need to come to the place where you are teachings are actually entering you and you're actually implementing now, that night, as I was there in the dark, 
that, that place in Suhum, you know, then I heard another voice. And you see, that was one of the things that showed me that there are different ways in which the Holy Spirit speaks. Sometimes he speaks, I mean, in a way, in this way and in that way. But it was in a different way. And he said, I'll prove it to you. And I think the next day, I received an invitation from Full Gospel Businessman Fellowship to speak at their breakfast meeting. I said, wow. And that was the beginning. That was the very first time I preached after this experience. Because I remember that the Lord said, I will prove it to you. And you see, that's, why, that's how come we are here. He's still proving it. He's still proving it. I am 100% sure that a person who soaks in teachings eh, until you actually know what is being said and you, you share it. You see, the reason why I share things is that the more you share, the more you yourself remember what you are, what you learned. Yes. Keep sharing. Bible says exhorting one another. Exhorting one another. Amen. So I am I'm quite sure that uh, many of us are not taught even though we are in church. You are here but you are not taught. Because the word changes you. You see the instrument, musicians, instrumental. I was, I was on the keyboard in 19... In 1983, I was on a keyboard. You know, the pastor who ordained me, the church where I was ordained, is called Victory Church in the UK. I, I worked there, even to the point the pastor wanted to employ me. But I had to come to school. I worked there for about a year when our schools were closed. I played the grand piano. I play, that's why I, I like to have a grand piano. I played the grand piano for church. And I played the drums also for church. And I also conducted, I, I formed a group, musical group, when I was in London. A musical group, musical choir. And took them from hostel, different hostels to, to, to conduct a musical concert with preaching. Yes, in 1983. Yeah. But you see, he's the Lord who teaches me to ascend. I'm not saying that it's not a high position to play the piano. But I'm saying that the piano player was soaking in messages. Yes. When it comes to playing the piano, I went up to grade 7. The highest is grade 8. Yes, ABRSM exams. Yeah, so I'm, I'm just saying that these people, they, you may be playing instruments, you may be doing whatever, but I am telling you that you can ascend and also listen to preaching. Listen, I mean, soak it in. Not that the preaching becomes to like radio, like it's just music that is on. But you are listening and implementing as the Holy Spirit teaches you. Yeah. To start a church, it was an implementation of something. It was. Now, as you are being taught, 
then the Holy Spirit will be leading you also. He starts to lead you as you are taught. And you see, you can't lead somebody who is not taught. Yeah. When we went to Guinea-Bissau, you know, they had never had a crusade before, the towns we went to. When you say stand up, they don't know. Sit down. They, They were having fun and it's like rowdy crowds in Mozambique when we arrived there people came with their girlfriends and their alcohol drinks they thought it was a party it's like these places are unchecked and untaught so you can't lead them, sit down, stand up do this, do that where people have not been taught they can't be led because when you even give the sign you say this which means move here they don't know because you haven't taught them when they make a movement with the hand it means do this so when you haven't taught somebody you can't lead the person so God wants to teach you so many things then he will maybe show you somebody and say what this person is doing do it do that when he teaches you about the art of following he can now show you people to follow but until you learn the art of following you will think that oh Following somebody's uh, worship of a man. Oh, why are, you, why are you worshiping a man? But who, who is he? Is he not a man? <laughs> so, teaching and leading, these are the two things God wants to do for you. He wants to teach you. And then he wants to lead you. And you, you see, God orchestrates circumstances. You know, the power of God is real. Never, never think that life is going on, there is no God. Oh, it's a God. God is watching your life every day. And he has a mighty plan. And part of the things in your life are what you consider to be circumstances are not circumstances. They are supernatural events that are happening. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. When the hatred, the hatred of Joseph's brothers, you would have thought that it's just normal envy that is manifesting. And it's not just normal envy. All the hand of God is orchestrating the will of God and the purposes of God. Think about all the things that happened to Joseph. Are those those accidents? Are those coincidences? No. A lot of the things in your life, they are not accidents. You think it's just, oh, this happened, that happened, and when I came here and I saw this person and I saw this and whatever. No. When you are married, you know that you can marry many people. How many married people know that there are so many people you could have married? Raise your right hand. Raise your right hand if you know that there are many options like you could have married so many different people and it would have worked almost in the same way. That's if it is working. (laughs) Or it could have also not worked. Yeah. But why are you ashamed to raise your hands or what? <laughs> you, they think there's a trick in the question. 
Why do you think I'll trick you? Am I not your pastor? Yes, you could have married many people, but the power of God and the circumstances of God cause you to meet some particular people at a particular point in time. And at that time, those are the, those are the options that you, you, you have. Yes. Joseph hated. So the hatred is also part of the plan. The love of Jacob for Joseph with giving him this nice whatever and isolating him was also part of the plan. Straight to Potiphar's house, also part of the plan. It's not easy to usually see somebody's wife who is chasing the houseboy. Huh? <laughs> is it common? The madam is chasing the houseboy. Ask your neighbor, neighbor, have you seen all the Nigerian movie? <laughs> Even Nigerian movie, I've not seen one before. <laughs> what are all these? Wow! So, straight to prison. He should have died. That's why he was there for 12 good years. Then comes Pharaoh and uh, sacks his butler, sacks his, well, the butler put, um, there were flies in the wine. And that was the end of him. And the bread, when Pharaoh was eating some of the, there were stones in the bread. How many have ever eaten rice or water or something beans and then there's a stone in it that's what happened to the baker and that stone was the end of this baker <laughs> it looked like an accident but it was no accident I am the Lord and there the two of them were thrown in jail where Joseph had been more, so if we are in 2021, he came there 2009. <laughs> like he had been there for a long time as a prisoner, apparently forgotten by God. I prophesy God has not forgotten you wherever you are. God has not forgotten you. 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 Yes. God has not forgotten you. And then, after that, came another problem. He was, Pharaoh had a dream. Now, you should be aware that it is not only believers who have dreams that matter. Yes. Even somebody in your house can have a dream and it can be important. Yeah. They don't don't have to have the Holy Spirit. But God can make the person have the dream. So sometimes you have to be careful about dreams. A lot of things look coincidental, but they are not. Are you listening to me? Yeah. Then, Joseph is released. And 
he goes. And suddenly, Israel is saved by the power of God. All these things show God's hand working greatly. Because God is leading as well as teaching. Will you remember that? God is leading as well as teaching. Because he is doing something. You have to flow with it. If you don't know what God is leading, you easily have your teaching, but you'll be against God. Yes. When Moses was born, remember the story. He was thrown into the water. And when he was in the water, um, that whole thing came about because there needed to be another person who doesn't like Jews. So I've seen that people's hatred often works out the will of God. It's not only people's love that works out the will of God. People's hatred. It works out the will of God. But actually, many people don't know that that thing started from a dream that Pharaoh had. Pharaoh had, it's not the, the dream you read is not the only dream that Pharaoh had. Pharaoh had another dream. Yeah. In the dream, Pharaoh was sitting in front of a merchant man. And the merchant man, a merchant man like a businessman. And the merchant man had scales in front of him. Do you know what I mean by scales? Balancing scales. He said that the scales that a businessman was using, and the man who was sitting in front of him was an old man. Then they took all the elders, all the businessmen, all the nobles, and all the people of Egypt and put it in the left scale. And then they put a little baby on the right and the little baby was heavier than all the nobles and all the big men of Egypt. So when Pharaoh had the dream, he called all the magicians to ask them that, what is this? And then they told him that this is these people who are going to rise because there is a prophecy that they will rise. And it was Balaam who gave that prophecy. And that is when he took the decision that they should kill all the children because they've seen a child who became heavier than all the nobles and kings of Egypt. That is when he took the decision that they should kill the children. Uh, Which is what made Moses to be born and they used to send Egyptian women to go around the house and when they hear a baby crying, that is that you can't control babies crying. And they take them. And the Bible says, uh, this I was reading, says that the Lord sent a strong heat. The weather became very hot and everybody came to the river now to bath because of the heat. To cool down. That is when they heard Moses crying in the water. Yeah. So you see, a lot of things look accidental. And you see, but there's power and there's direction. There's direction. There's direction. Yeah. There's direction. So I don't believe that I came to Ghana. My mother met my father somewhere, gave birth to me, 
brought me to Ghana. I've never, I've never been to school anywhere. It never occurred to my, either my father or my mother to take me abroad to go to school. Why didn't it occur to them that Abba, you cry, you should go for small international school? Because <laughs> if I had gone somewhere, I would not be here today. Yeah. God is leading you. And God is also what? Teaching you. But you can't be led unless you are taught. God will never lead you to honor me or honor any man of God unless you are taught. You have to be taught. Otherwise, you can't be led. You cannot be led into something you have not learned about. Because when they are leading you, you will say, hey, hey. Why? So today, God is leading you and teaching you to give. I will teach you to ascend. Today I ask how many of us have iPads? 90% of us, nobody has. You are ascending. That shows you how little we have. That shows you how little we have. In India, you go to school with iPad, $40. Everybody has a, 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 a book. Because all the books are on it. Hmm? You see people look at a very small, what do you call it? God is saying that wherever you are at, eh, if I take office, sometimes I look at people, they don't know church. They don't know church work. If you are a pastor, you know that people that you are leading, they don't have much. If you are a real pastor, you are in, in, in touch with people. You know that people don't have much. Somebody said, oh, but you, you, church, you have people, they have, they have to pay tithes. <laughs> if we take an offering right now, you see the majority will be one city. One CD. So, brothers and sisters, I, I prophesy and I'm preaching to you. God is by His power teaching you. Amen. Teaching you. Yeah. I want you to become an addict right now. The preaching messages, they are on your phone. Get the podcast. How many don't have podcasts? You don't have it yet. You don't have it yet. Raise your, raise your hand. Oh, please wave your hand, please, so that I can understand. Yeah, thank you all here. All here, all here. We don't have podcasts. Most of the people don't have podcasts. If you don't have, raise your hand because we are going to give it to you today. Do you want it? All that you need to do is if you have the podcast, then you get the messages, the preaching message on your phone. So where are the podcast people? Because I'm going to take time to do it later in the service. All right? So get it ready. Amen. I'm the Lord that leadeth thee, teacheth thee, leadeth thee. Preaching messages, you just use your podcast. It's landed free. Free. We pay for the podcast. We pay 
whatever they make it, wherever they do it, we pay them so that they can do it. Otherwise, it will not come to you free. All these have been done, but are you going to listen to the teaching and the leading and the power of God? God himself is going to lead you step by step, step by step, step by step. And you are going to come to the place where you see that God has actually led me and God has actually taught me. He taught me so that he could lead me. Yeah. Now, look at verse 18. He says, oh, if I had led you, eh? in verse 18, then the next verse says, what would have been the result? Your, your peace would have been like a river. So when God leads you, your peace will be like a river. You have peace. How many want to have peace of mind? How many have sweated sometimes you realize that you don't have money? Raise your hand. You, re- you realize that you are in trouble, like a crisis has come. Mm-hmm. Like, how many realize that you are, you are it's about, as if you are about to turn into a beggar? Raise your hand. You realize that you are about to turn into a beggar. Yeah. you shall never be a beggar in Jesus name he said your peace there are five things that are going to multiply peace number two righteousness he said your righteousness would have been as the waves of the sea if you follow teaching if you follow listen to preaching and teaching righteousness you you will you will be far from wickedness you don't have to be a thief number 19 verse 19 your seed will also become a law and your seed speaks more about your spiritual seed the fruit of your life then the offspring of thy bowls your biological offspring number four all right Yeah, I think it's four things. I thought there were five. All right, so you have peace, you have righteousness, and then your seed, and then the offspring. All these multiply. Beautiful. So may God bless you greatly as the Lord teaches you. So I want to tell you, anytime God leads you to give, give. Yes, and honor. Some years ago, Idahosa, Archbishop Idahosa, who, who is dead now, came to Ghana. He preached powerfully, everything was working. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me go and honor this man. Go and honor him. Yeah. That's something that the Holy Spirit led me to do. You see, but he can never lead you. Unless he can teach you. If he can't teach you, it's not likely that he can lead you. Because you won't even hear it. I never noticed the stars and the planets in the sky until somebody taught me. He taught me, he showed me, do you see this, 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 how to see. Then I started to see. Now I can see. When Many times I stand there, I see Venus, I see the stars, I see all of them. If you are there in the evening, sometimes I've showed people. Look at this, look at Jupiter, look at that. It's very easy to see. The Pleiades, they are all there. The Mazarut. 
If you are not taught, you won't see. The Holy Spirit told me, go and honor him. And then I went and got the offering that I wanted to give. But even something happened that morning that offended me. And my offering was in my pocket as that thing was happening. Because you see, what happened was when he was preaching, he called me and used me for an example. A very funny example. And I didn't enjoy the example. (laughs) How many realize that sometimes you don't enjoy being used as as a certain kind of example? Yeah. He made me come out. He made me kneel down. He slapped my head. I mean, all all kinds of things. I said, "Ah, is the man angry with me or what? (laughs) What are all these? (laughs) But... I felt the devil was trying to prevent me. Yeah. So I went to him. Still, I found his hotel in East Legon. I've never been there before. I don't remember the name of the hotel. But I found him and just the two of us. He blessed me. Then he called Archbishop Duncan Will and said, that guy, watch that guy. He's going to be whatever. I don't know, something. Yeah. But that was my duty because I felt the spirit was leading me to honor. He died two weeks later. Two weeks after he was dead. Obviously, the Holy Spirit was not giving me, leading me to go and help him to do anything financial. But the principle that I, I honored such a person, that is what is important. Because when you honor the one who God has sent, you are honoring God. Yeah. He was dead two weeks later. Two weeks later, I had a call. This man is dead this morning. He died in the morning. 11 o'clock, something. Yeah. So, God cannot lead people he cannot teach. And that is why I want to encourage you to expose yourself to teachings. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just taking an offering. But it's very important. This is an offering time. Yes. And I believe that God wants to change your life dramatically. Amen. Take your offering, everybody. And I believe the choir. Ah, no, okay. The offerings guys are going to come to the front. You cannot lead somebody you cannot teach. Is it not true? Is it not true? The person wouldn't want to. One day, you know, I was on a committee with some people and I realized that I could not lead them in any, I couldn't influence them at all because I couldn't teach them what I knew. And they had not been taught what I knew. Anything I said didn't apply. So, Teaching is your first step to your prosperity. Can I have an amen? Amen. Is God going to lead you into prosperity? Yeah. If the Holy Spirit was not leading me, this morning I may be on duty. This morning I met a doctor. She told me I'm off to work. She said I'm on 
weekend duty. And I remembered myself. I said, wow. I used to be on weekend duty also. God is blessing you. Now, listen. Tithing. Everybody here must be a tither. Even if you don't have a phone, you don't have anything, learn how to pay tithes and learn how to give generously. Let the Holy Spirit tell you. Don't give five CDs again. Give 20 CDs. As an act of faith. Don't give one CD. Give five CDs as an act of faith. Whatever. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. How can it be that you, dear, you've never heard the Holy Spirit leading you ever before about anything? Ask your neighbor, is it you? Who has never heard the Holy Spirit before leading you about anything? No. Father, we give you thanks and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Standing right by me, standing right.
over my face When I open my eyes I want to see you there The Lord thy God in the midst of thee He is a mighty God He will save thee will rejoice over thee with joy God in the midst of thee He will rest in his love He will joy over thee With singing Ooh, I am
know I don't deserve to have you As my dearest and my very best friend Oh, I know I've thrown away your love Please open your heart and take me back again Oh, yes, do anything you want to punish me I'll take it all, but please take me back again I cannot bear the thought of losing you My life will wither, my life will fade away Please don't break our relationship I will pay the hour Hallelujah. Stand to your feet. It's time for the word of God. Were you blessed by those two songs? How many of you can think of somebody that you want to have mercy on you? Can think of somebody that you want to say, I'll pay thee all. Amen. So after church, find the nearest person who you are feeling nervous about and tell the person, have a little patience with me. I'll pay thee all. Amen. And were you blessed by that song, the Lord our God, and the midst of thee is mighty. Amen. Can't wait to have that song in your quiet time, isn't it? It's beautiful. So I believe God has already spoken to us. And truly the Lord our God in the midst of us is mighty. Amen. And I know God has more to say to us. Are you alive? Sometimes I'm not sure. I don't really hear you. And you know, during the prayer, on that side, I saw a lot of people sitting down and not being involved. So this side, I want to check with you again. At the back there, are you alive? Are you there? Okay. Okay. I hope so. It's not just a show. Amen. But God is with us today in a mighty way. And whenever God is with us in a mighty way, he saves us. He rejoices over us with joy. He rejoices of us with singing. He will rest in his love. Amen. And today, I don't know what prophet has for us, but how many of you have been blessed by the burden of love? How many of you can feel the burden? Now, as you are going through, you can feel the weight of the burden. And our lives are changing. Amen. And I pray that God will continue to speak to your heart and touch you. So today, we have something fresh from God, something new. 
your head is about to be anointed with fresh oil everybody shout fresh oil oh i can't hear you shout fresh oil i said scream fresh oil amen so as we sing nothing is impossible our prophet is coming up to deliver yet another message from god for us and i know your life will never be the same again are you excited the words are on the screen if you are here for the first time this is a first love song they say nothing is impossible when we put our trust in god come on let me hear you sing nothing is impossible it's impossible when you're trusting in his word hearken to the voice of god to be is there anything too hard for me then put your trust God alone and rest upon His word for everything, oh everything, yes everything is possible with God. Let me hear you sing it one more time. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible when you put your trust in God. Come on, have faith in God. Nothing is impossible. It's impossible because we're trusting in His word. Now say, hearken to the voice of God. Voice of God to me. Is there anything too hard? Then put your trust in God. In God alone and rest upon. Lifting one hand in the sky, say everything. Everybody, lift one hand and say, everything is possible. Yes, everything is. Possible. Let me hear first love scream. Come on, all over this place. Oh, I can't hear you. Come on. Let me hear scream as we welcome to the stage your prophet and my prophet, Bishop Doug Heward Mills. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for the blessing we have today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Now, I want you to ask your neighbor, what time did you come to church today? Because some of you have just arrived. Shall we change the time of starting the service? We shall change it to one o'clock. If we change the one, you'll come at three. <laughs> okay. From next week, we'll see something. You come around this time, you see that, oh, we are eating kebab outside. <laughs> you'll be shocked. Please, is the kebab seller still there? All right, tell them to be ready by one. Tell your neighbor, come to earlier to church from next week. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we are getting to the end of our burden of love. <laughs> so, um, you know, in our subject is the burden of love. All right? 
if somebody says, I love you, ah, it puts a serious burden on you, the burden of having to love the person back. Because the Bible says we love him because he first loved us. Loving somebody, if you want somebody to love you, one of the main things to do is to love the person. Do you see? You love the person, then the person will love you back. But unfortunately, many people who are loved don't love back. Do you understand me? And that begins all the hurts we have in the world. Is that I loved you, but you didn't love me back. I was good to you, but you were not good to me. I was nice to you, but you were not nice to me. I remembered you, but you didn't remember me. I stood by you in time of your crisis, but you didn't stand by me in the time of my crisis. I was not ashamed of you, but you were ashamed of me. That is the story of the world. And so, gradually, right, we become different from how we originally are. You know, one mother told her daughter, you know, the the mother realized that the daughter was looking at her in wonder as she was manifesting against her husband, which was the daughter's father. And you know, sometimes you can be not nice. So the mother said to the daughter, don't look at me like that. I was, I used to be sweet like you. No, me in your sweet tomobo. I was also sweet. But there are so many things that have happened in the life, in the marriage. But I used to be sweet. I was just like you. Sweet and innocent. How many have seen a sweet and innocent girl before? Oh, is it not nice? That's why even armed robbers and kidnappers and hijackers, they always allow their children to go out. It's like, Charlie, you, you, you can't go. But when they look at the hardened grown-ups, they say, no, you stay. When the bombing comes, you'll be part of it. So love is a burden. And we have that great burden on us. Because when Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment? The greatest instruction is to love. Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your might. And the second is like that, which is you love your neighbor, do you see, as yourself. So, we have the first and second most important commandments. Like, what's the most important command for you today is to love. And that's why almost every day we meet reasons not to love. Reasons to change and not be loving. 
reasons to modify and become something different. And I think that because our sisters are more having the emotional part of God, because God is emotional, but the men have, we, we are all created in the image of God, but there's a little tendency towards the emotional is for the ladies. You know, when I talk this way, it's just because of women's liberation and all those things that I, I take my time. Yes. <laughs> but, so because of that, they, 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 they tend to get more changed because they get more hurt. Yeah, so they, they change more with time. Because remember this, and it creates a feeling. Remember this, it creates a feeling until they are feeling less. Then when they are feeling less, they go to feeling wicked, 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 and it goes further. Yes. Many ladies would not want to have a woman as their boss. Not that a man doesn't want a woman, or the women don't want a woman as their boss. It's true. Because, because, yes. <laughs> yes. So, there is a burden on you not to change. There is a burden on you to obey God. There is a strong burden. All right? It is the basis of your judgment. Yes. Honestly, in 1 John 4, 17, the Bible is giving us one of the main exam questions. He says, Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Do you want to be confident on on the exam day? Like if they tell you that the question that is coming in biology is draw uh, the eye and label the parts. And you have learned to how to draw the eye and label the parts. You will have what? Boldness in the day of judgment because you've got the past question clear. You are ready to draw. You practiced. So you have boldness in the day of judgment. Herein is our love made perfect. Look at the scripture. Love is made perfect. Okay? So that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is in this world, so are we, all right? And verse 18, what does it say? There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. And verse 19, we love him because he first loved us, all right? Now, we have boldness and confidence in the day of judgment. 
Supposing you are going into the exam room and just as you are getting into the exam room, somebody tells you, the question one, which is the compulsory question is, draw the ear and label the parts. And you have learned the eye. Will you not weary on yourself? Tension has come. Now, when you go to the exam, when you approach heaven, the main question, which is the number one most important commandment, has to do with loving God. And number two has to do with loving your neighbor, which is ourselves. And that's the big one. Meanwhile, that is what every single day we are being pushed away from. You know, one time I was attacked by some people and my question is, my, my question is, uh, will you forgive these people? And my answer is, you see, even when anybody starts doing these kind of things, my immediate concern goes to myself, not to them. Because if you've read the final quest, the final quest, especially in, I think, chapter 3, really talks about how pastors went to heaven and they were judged because they did not love the other pastors and other people. So that is what I'm concerned about. Not, I mean, whatever somebody that, that I should not become in my spirit wicked or angry or bitter. Yes. You don't have an option when it comes to love. That's, that's what you have to know. If you are married, you don't have an option. By 5 p.m. you are supposed to forgive because the sun goes down around 4.35. Yes. It's maybe in Israel, you, you can check your time when the sun goes down, but they have at 6.30, 6.32, because in, in, in in, in, in Israel, they use it to determine when the Sabbath has begun. When it's 6.30, then the Sabbath has begun until the next day. And your, your anger is supposed to end by 6.30. I mean, that, that's, that's quite a burden. Something that deserves at least seven days anger, you have been given 5.30 to end it. Or maybe the issue started at 5. <laughs> You have only 30 minutes to go. Are you listening? So, this is a real burden. It's a real burden for our lives to love. You have to love your father. Those who don't like your father, there's a problem with your life. I don't need to know any details. If you like your father, then you are at least a big case is uh, 
away from you. No matter what he has done, and you have not been a father before too, you are yet to be a father and talk to your children. We'll see whether you will talk. You say your father doesn't talk. We are waiting for your fatherhood to begin. Luke 17, verse 3. This is just an introduction to, what do you call it? Um, Burden of love, part, is this part four? Part five, okay. Luke 17, verse 3. Again, these are the words of Jesus. If take heed to yourself or be careful. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if he repent, forgive him. Hmm? And if what? If he repent, forgive him. Wow. If you repent, forgive him. But the next verse is worse. It says, if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, like he, he does the same thing, do you see, on the same day, not in a week, not in a month, not in a year, but he does the same thing in a day. And he turns again to thee, Saying, I repent, I, I, I repent. Thou shalt forgive him. This is the burden of love. You know, there's a story, the story of, there was a horse that was going on a journey. And he got to a river. I'm, I'm sure I've told you this story before. When he got to the river, <laughs> there was uh, a snake. All right? And the snake spoke to the horse and asked the horse for a lift. Because the horse was going to cross the river. So the snake asked the horse, can I have a lift to cross? And the horse said, oh no, I don't give lifts. I was, I was taught not to give lifts, especially to a, a snake, you know. And um, the snake begged the horse. And the horse said, what about if you bite me? The, the snake said, me, why would I bite you? How would I bite you? I'm the one asking for a lift. <laughs> so the horse was convinced. So the snake jumped on the horse and then got into the water. I've been on horses in the water. They can swim. They, they, they can swim and you just have to stay on board. I've, I've, used, I've ridden horses to climb mountains, vertical steep mountains, swimming, everything they can do. Yeah. So the snake got on the horse and then they started crossing. When they were getting towards the end, 
the, the horse makes a movement like that and then the snake bites the, the horse. So they got to the bank and then the snake jumped off. And the horse said, you, I told you that I'll give you a lift and you have bitten me. The snake said, oh, don't worry. So the horse went this way. And then he came back a couple of days later and the snake was there again. So he came to talk to the snake and he said to the snake, the snake said to him, please, I need a ride back because my house is on the other side. <laughs> yeah. And the horse said, me, I should give you a lift. When I, when I took you last time. You see, this one said, forgive him in the same day. So the horse, the snake said, no, it's not like that. I didn't intend to bite you. Why would I bite you? You know, and it's like you are reactionary. A small thing that happened, you never forget it. So talking, talking, the snake got on the back of the horse and then they they went. As they were going, suddenly, you see, the snake reflect. He held the back here like that. But the snake stayed on board. They got to the bank. Then he, he came off. And the horse said, and he went. He came back three days later and he met the snake there. The snake said, ah, I was hoping you would come today because I really needed to cross and you are the only one who can help me? And the horse said, Me, as long as I live, I will never take it. The snake said, Don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> don't, use, don't use those words. Don't use those words on me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the snake explained, He said, Look, my children are here. I'm crossing to get food for them. So that I can bring to them. It's not about me wanting a ride. Do you see? And also, you have to forgive. Sometimes mistakes happen. Hey, he explained that. And then the horse said, I think the horse was like, but he said, okay, let's go. <laughs> Third ride, they were going. On the way, no, The snake beat the horse. And the horse said, I have learned my lesson. A person you cannot trust is a snake. So he went and then he came back again. This was now the fourth time. When the snake saw the snake started moving, he said, this movement is when I'm happy. Because I was happy when I saw you. And the snake said, uh, I beg you in the name of snakes, I beg you. Be kind. I told you that I was crossing to get food for my children. I have got it. If I don't go back, all our family is going to die. And the horse said, never, not me. Then he started to walk in the water. And the snake said, look, forgive. Eh? 
that is in the past. There is a change. There's a change in my heart. Because I myself have seen how good you have been. Forgive me. Then the snake did some sign. Be like, this is like, it means forgive. Wow. So the, the horse was convinced. And he got on board. When they were going. Pow! It bit him again. This time the horse didn't even make any sign. Said, I know. <laughs> a liar has got on board. Asked me for a lift. I've been kind, loving, and everything. So he went and he came back. This is number six. Or number five. Came back again and saw the snake. This time, when he saw the snake, and the snake was asking, Oh, can I have a lift? You know, never stand behind a horse or if it, it can do this. So, yes. So, the horse, and also horses can bite. My father had a horse which bit somebody's mouth off. Too much. So, when the snake started to talk again, the horse just did it. And he bit. Now, he made, the horse made a kebab stand. Do you see? And he cut the snake in two, like sausages. And he made a kebab with smoke, everything. Then he made a sign. And the sign said that this is what happens to lies. And he grilled the snake on the uh, kebab. This is what happens to lies. You will be grilled. Yeah. After you've been forgiven, uh, you beg, uh, you keep on begging. This is what happens to lies. So those of you who tell lies, uh, <laughs> children, <laughs> This is what happens to life. I told my children this story. Yeah. When we are asking for forgiveness, the reason why we don't like to forgive is because of what happened between the horse and the snake. You know that when I forgive you, you will do it again. When I expose myself to you, my bare back, I'm moving like this, swimming with all my heart carrying you. A cobra, I'm carrying you. Before I realized, that's why sometimes when people say, what you did to me last time, it's, it's okay. I don't need to know you or anybody like you. It's enough for my life. I don't need to go through five experiences before I cut you into pieces and say, this is what happens to liars. But I'm sorry that in spite of my story, Jesus still said, forgive them 77 times, seven times. The burden of love. It's not a small burden. First Corinthians chapter 13. Let's get straight in because we are ending early today. Hmm. Ask your neighbor, are you a liar? Are you a liar? You'll be turning to a kebab soon. 
Now, today, I want us to go to this one line. I told you that love is basically in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4 to 7. Love is in those verses. So, uh, those who are getting married, you better memorize it before you come on stage. And you memorize it in the American Bible. As a rule, American is the version we are using. You have to know. And if you can't memorize it, don't come. All right. Now, First Corinthians chapter 4, 13 verse 4. This is the burden God is giving us. It says, love is patient. So the burden of patience, have patience with me, I will pay thee all. Love is kind. So, some, I will pay thee all. Patience. Alright? Then love is kind, which is thoughtful. You don't have to be a man to feel what is it like to be a man. Or a woman to know what is it like to be a man. Or to be blind, to think of what is it like to be blind. We are trying to build a hospital for the blind. I, I, sometimes I don't know, what is it like to be blind? What can I do to help the blind? You don't have to be blind or your child is blind before you be thoughtful of what is it like. So that is why we are doing our new hospital, the Hope Center, uh, is for cripples, for people who have lost legs. We have machines for that because you don't have to lose your leg or something before you ask what is it like most of the time we just turn our eyes away but uh, that is the love that is love love is kind then love is not jealous if you can remember jealousy is a very negative thing because the bible says that envy or jealousy is like the grave. When you are jealous or envious of somebody, you put your relationship in a grave. Relationship cannot thrive on jealousy because jealousy brings suspicion and accusations and hatred for others. You know, anyone who sees a beautiful girl and thinks that others have not noticed her. It's deceiving yourself. When you marry a beautiful lady, you must know that others have also seen her. Do you see? Now, as you are relating with somebody, others also relate with the person. Yeah. You, you are not on an island, so you cannot expect to take somebody into your life and isolate the person, say, you will relate with nobody. As long as I'm here, I'm your policeman or policewoman, and I'm your personal security, you can't talk to anybody again. That is the grave of relationship. Jealousy is cruel as the grave. It's just like death. And the coals thereof are coals of fire which has a most vehement flame. Yeah. So, love is not like that. Love is free. If 
Your husband needs to go out. He should go out. If your wife needs to go out, she should go out. People marry and keep their spouses in prison. And a prison makes them not happy. And you, you get a different version of the person. The free version is nicer than the bound version. How many want the free version or the, the happy version? Or the bound version? Yeah, the free version is a nicer version. You know, lions in the cage and lions in the wild, they are different. A lion in the wild lives only about eight years. And the lion in a cage in the zoo, they live about 20 years. They are two different animals, two different experiences. You know? Actually, the lions in the zoo give the greatest revelation of the importance of sleep. They sleep and they live 20 years, more than double by sleeping. Can I think inside they used to sleep every afternoon? Yes. And many of our older parents, they sleep in the afternoon, one hour, siesta. And it works. My father-in-law was 90 years old. He always used to come home to sleep and go back. Yeah? I've been trying to, but it's not worked for me at all. <laughs> the wickedness in the world doesn't allow you to sleep in the afternoon. Hey! Even the night sleep cry is not coming. Okay. So, love does not brag and is not arrogant. So, the ugliness of pride is not found in love. Love is not, does not speak in a certain way. Yes. You don't boast and mock and speak in a certain way. Yeah. When you speak in a certain way, you know, you, you don't tell a, a somebody, well, where's your child? You know she doesn't have a child. Where's your child? I, I, I mean, I, I remember... People doing that, and uh, it doesn't go well. Don't you don't you don't mock people because because what you have is by grace. I said what you have is by grace. You don't laugh at people when they fall. You you think of yourself when somebody gets into difficulty. Now, what is the the what is the reason? You know, sometimes I see people who are falling into sexual perversions. When I say perversions, you know, like strange things. And you look at it and you ask yourself, what has caused this? What, what, what is the cause? How can somebody turn into something different? And you realize, if you don't think you will never have pity and mercy rather than to mock people when they are having problems. You don't know how people's problems came about. That's why when you do certain things to people who are below a certain age, you go to prison. Straight. 
So, um, don't boast. Are you someone who has been kept from certain things? It's just by grace. Yeah. If your business is working, it's by grace. If your bank is working, it's by grace. While other banks have collapsed. Amen. So, it's not a characteristic of love to boast and to be big. You must always stop to talk to the smallest person. Must. Yes. You must always stop to talk to the smallest person with the smallest problem. Because to that person is the biggest problem in the world. For me, when I see, when I see certain type of, I, I feel that nobody will mind this person. That's the person that I want to talk to. And when the person is seeing the person's problem, it is the greatest problem to the person. But you see, some people even mock and ask, oh, what is this? This is, not a, this is not a problem. Don't waste my time. This is not whatever and so on. But the smallest person is your main person. <laughs> it's your main person. Jesus didn't have any of these high people. His disciples were all nobodies. He had time for them. So love does not take on the ugliness of arrogance. Amen. Love does not act unbecomingly, does not seek its own, and is not provoked. Now, I used to quote that scripture as not easily provoked. I think there's a version that is not easily provoked and does not take into account a wrong suffered. Yes. It's not easily provoked. Yes, in the King James. Again, it's not easy to be with somebody who is easily hurt. Everything is an issue. Everything. (laughs) We have to say thank you to you. Anything you do, we have to write to you. We have to say this and that. I remember one pastor was offended because we didn't put his name on the notice board. And he said, we, when you work in the UN, there is a notice board that you put announcements. I mean, he was, I mean, hey, a lay pastor. He left the church eventually. He was, we are sorry about it. Are we not sorry? We are sorry. We didn't know. I mean, I said, hey, let us find out how they work in the UN. I think he had worked in the UN before. So that we also make a notice board that it's not intentional. There are some people, everything becomes a problem. One pastor, I asked him, come to church for this service. You can't come at this service. That was it. Why am I asking him to come to the service at this time and so on? Some people, you ask them, don't sit at the back, sit in the front or sit here. Ah, it becomes a problem. You can't tell what it is that is going to offend them next. You are always on the edge. Yes. One wife told her husband, she said, 
talk to my husband. He likes quarreling. Like every issue, there is something always. He has a quarrel, an issue with somebody. It's never over. Whether boy or girl, it's not easy to stay with you. Love is the nice part. And when you don't have love, you don't have the nice part. When you don't have love, you don't have the nice part. And it's not easy to stay with you. Yeah. Very touchy. So love is not easily, you can't easily push me to a point. You know, one time I, I started to have some feelings and I realized I've not had this feeling before. Yeah, I've not had this feeling before. So you must, there are some feelings, you should, they shouldn't even come up. Ask your neighbor, are you nice to marry? Are you nice to marry? Or maybe, is it nice to marry you? Small boys and girls, ask your nearest small boy and girl, is it nice to marry you? Or will it be nice to marry you? It may be a type of proposal. Amen. Now, Love does not take into account a wrong suffering. That one, dear Charlie. Wrong suffering, dear. It's wild. How many agree that it's wild? Now, I want to go to the verse that is not commonly spoken about because I think we don't want to think about it. And that is verse 7. Verse 7. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. And love endures all things. Yeah, this is the one. This is for today. Just a short something on this one. (laughs) Yeah. The burden of love. Now, if you love somebody, you've got a burden to, to bear. It doesn't sound nice to me. To bear something. To bear. So when you say, I, am, I love you, I'm going to love you. It means you're going to bear a lot of things. It's strong, isn't it? And then it says what? Believes. That means that there are things that are not real. That are going to always be, you are believing for it. It's never going to happen. You will not see it. It's, It's a substance of things hoped for. 
and things not seen. So there are going to be a lot of things that you can't see that you will be believing for all the time that you are loving the person. Mercy. Does this sound exciting to you? Sounds like a job. Doesn't it sound like a job? Full-time job. Then what else? Love hopes. That is, there are going to be a lot of things in the future. That you are going to be hoping that one day it will happen. Hey. Maybe you want your wife to make what food? Meatloaf. Hey. You want your wife to make what? International. What do you want your wife to make? Ebunebunu. With snails. Wow. And what do you want your wife to make? What? Abeng koto. In kate kotoko beans. Okay. But it's a hope for the future. Hope, hope always has to do with in front, far away. Maybe, maybe one day. So when you say I love you, it means that I'll, I'll be hoping. I'll be loving you. I'll be hoping for something. I'll be hoping that maybe this will be, this will happen. My whole life is going to be full of hope. Why? Because my life is full of love. <laughs> because my life is full of love, my life will be full of hope. I have a lot of hopes. Hopes giving. Hopes for the future. And beliefs. That's, that's what it means to love. And faith. Like you believe the substance of things hoped for. Things not seen. That maybe one day there will be a manifestation. That means that it's not there. So that lady that you love, it means that there are a whole lot of things that are not there. That are the substance of things hoped for. And hopes too are also, there's a lot of hope in it. Mercy. Then the last one is a bit difficult. It says, love endures. I mean, I thought endurance had to do with the mission field. It had to do with sacrificing your life. What does it have to do with somebody you love? Huh? We are talking of endurance, like going for the long distance and not dying in the desert. Like a camel who is not drinking water, you are surviving the long distance with a dry condition. So it means that when you love something, you're going to have something dry that you have to endure. You know, only that we don't think too much about life. Because if you think deeply, you'll be sad. 
So love endures all. Best. It's, can somebody give me the word, what it means to endure? Endure. Is there a fast man there? Why is it, Jay? Does he still do this work? Huh? He's a pastor now. Ajay, we need you, please. We're back. We're back. Yes. Love bears and deals to continue in the same state without perishing. So if you love somebody, it means you continue in the same state without perishing. Like, it means that something that can make you perish is happening to you but it's not, you are not perishing hey to remain firm as under a trial so it means to love somebody is to in the end to remain as though you are in a trial you know a man wrote a book called Marriage takes more than love. I think he meant to say it's more than affection. Yes. If you want to marry well, you remain firm as under trial of suffering. Huh? To suffer patiently without yielding. To bear with patience. To suffer without opposition or without sinking under the pressure. So it means that when you are going to love, you are going to be under pressure. And you are going to be staying in the same state without perishing, to last, to remain. So it's like without love, you can't marry. You stay for years. And that is why divorce happens much more easily without Christian love. Yeah, because, well, no, you know something? I can't take this. You know, sorry. You know, no, you know what? This thing, eh, I'm sorry. I, I'm not born for this. You know, my mother experienced this and my, I saw this with my whatever. And I, 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 this was something I vowed that I will not uh, experience this in my life. And I, I can see that things are happening again now. It's coming. It's coming for me. I see something is coming. I, I can't take it. So, this, when you have this called love, then you have a certain maturity and a certain character. You see, that is why you see somebody having a gift is not the same as having the fruit. And that is what Christians, we, we need. Somebody is asking, will you forgive? It's not about if you forgive. You have to forgive. You have to. And people ask me, so if these people do come and say, you have, it's not that it will lie. You have to. I have to because I want to go to heaven. And because I have to stand in front of God for God to forgive me for what I've also done. Yes, it's question one. You know that it's question one. And it's compulsory. Draw the eye. 
Draw the eyes, compulsory question. So love bears all things. It, what does it mean to bear? To bear something. Bearing something. Now, there must be a certain love attitude. Do you see? To tolerate, to flow with, to put up with, and undergo things. Without that, you cannot walk in love. Amen. So everyone who wants to walk in love must develop the burden of this verse, the burden of enduring, hoping, believing, bearing, which is putting up with, flowing with things that you don't even like. Yes. Almost every couple has somebody feeling hot and somebody feeling cold in the same weather. Have you, have you seen in the same room, like this is the same weather. The weather is cold, but somebody is hot and somebody is cold in the same room. How can it be? But that is what it is. What you do? Somebody has to be bears all things. Hope of you cannot divide your TV into two screens and watch with the same remote. Somebody has to bear watching the soccer, which you don't want to watch, or bear whatever. Personally, I don't watch soccer at all, I have no interest. Oh, with no apologies, I don't have apologies. Why should I apologize for not watching soccer? So your love is like a deep cup that is like you are not like a rigid wall but it's like you can just swallow things. You can accept. You can yield. That is why in our marriage counseling, it was not originally there but we have a chapter now called the key of acceptance. It's one of the chapters in the marriage counseling, model marriage, the key of acceptance. After counseling for a long time, we realize that something is missing. So we just added that chapter, said the key of acceptance. And without the key of acceptance, or as Derek Prince calls it, the grace of yielding, or the ability to endure, to bear, to hope, and to believe. Because if you bear something without hope, it's worse. If you endure something without believing that it may one day change. It becomes worse. Yes. That's why life imprisonment is very difficult, even though you may die in two years' time. The two years that you'll be alive there are terrible because it's like it will never change. And that's why sometimes people can be boyfriends and girlfriends and live together for years, but as soon as they marry, they actually sign. Then, the psychology that it is forever, it works on them and they try to escape. It's like as if I'm in a prison now. Yes. So you have to psychologically have in your mind 
arm yourself. The Bible says, arm yourself with this mind. You prepare yourself with this mind that I am a Christian and therefore I am to endure, to bear all things, to hope things, to hope that there will be a change, to hope that people will change their mind, to hope that it will work, to hope that there will be a change. Look at that scripture, it's beautiful. For as much then as Christ has suffered, arm yourself with this mind. So it's a kind of weapon. A weapon that you arm yourself with the mind that you also suffer. So when you enter life and marriage, you arm yourself, you, you, you get yourself ready that I'm going to suffer. So that is why we teach and encourage people when they are going on their missions, they are following God, they are loving God. You, we arm them with the mind that they are going to suffer. Although, if you really actually go into it, few people really suffer in the sense of the word suffer. Many of the people that we've sent at mission would never even have the life they have over there at if they had stayed and not gone wherever. And most of that's why you see they don't want to come back. Sometimes when you sack them or move them from there, they, they get so upset. But we teach people to arm, you arm yourself with a mind that as I'm going into marriage, it's not just pink clouds all the way, but there, there are things. What is it? Bear all things. They say, hey, what will I bear? <laughs> and you say, hey, and you say, yes, for love. So, Joel, as you are getting my stand up. As you are, and where is your, your, your bride to be? Uh-huh. Come nearer, come nearer so that you are, you are carry your, your, take your phone, don't leave it there. Uh-huh. Uh, Joel. Uh-huh. So, you see, as you are going for her, it's like you are going to have to bear things, endure things, hope things, believe. Without it, you, it cannot. You have to accept some things. He doesn't wear socks. Yes. He doesn't wear socks. Yes. We have said it, but he will still not wear it, does it? He doesn't shave. Yeah. Adra, you are going to have to bear all these things. And endure them, whatever it means. The trousers will never get to the ground. It's like, yeah. The trousers are a bosky. Okay. I wear to the wise. Hmm. Thank you. I'll call on you when I need you. Now, one day, no matter who you are, you will be called upon to flow and walk in this love in your life. The love of bearing, hoping, believing, enduring, but being in it. Not exiting. Because if you exit, you don't have to endure it anymore. So I can't bear you anymore. I'm out. Charlie, later. See you later. This mind is the mind that our fathers had. That's why they never divorced. 
Don't think that people who live and have married 60 years, 50 years, say, ah, these are wonderful. I mean, I wish God had even given me somebody like this. Share. If you, if you go into it, eh, you'll be shocked to hear the stories and the things that have been told you there. You'll be surprised that the person who looks so happy has attempted suicide before. Yes. You'll be surprised to find that the person who you see there has tried to kill himself or herself before in the same marriage that you see them celebrating at La Palm or La Badi Beach Hotel. They are doing party and uh, doing whatever. <laughs> White and gold. Love is the wisdom of God and he's testing us. So, let us accept that there is a divine hand in everything. Yeah. You know, when Moses was a baby, Pharaoh's daughter, she was called Batia, she went and took Moses and Moses was, became her baby and she loved the boy. So one day, they were sitting at a dining table. Pharaoh was there. Batia, Moses, uh, Pharaoh's wife, and Balaam. Balaam, the sorcerer, the one who met them on the way, he was in Egypt. Yeah. That's where he started those things. So he was also there. And they were all there. And the baby, Moses was a baby. As they were eating, huh? Moses stretched his hand to Pharaoh and took the crown that was on his head and put it on on his head as a baby. Yes, as a baby. And everybody was shocked. Yes. And Pharaoh, everybody was shocked. What is going on? And it caused a crisis. And the people were saying that, what is this? What child is this? I've taken Pharaoh's. And Balaam stood up and said, this is it. This Hebrew days is a bad thing. They should kill him. They should kill the child. Yes. And they did a test. I don't want to bother to. They did, they called the magicians and they did something to see whether the child had done it in innocence. Yeah. They were going to kill him. Because they were afraid. They know there is a divine element. God is real. Yeah. Moses grabbed Pharaoh's. But it was a prophetic thing. He said, I will take your crown from you. <laughs> and I will rule. <laughs> oh, yes. As a child. Yeah. They decided to do a test. So they brought, they said they should bring an onyx stone and a coal of fire and put it before the child and see if the child will pick it. And if he picks the fire, they will will see what will happen. So when they brought it to the child, he picked the fire and his fingers were bent and he put it on his face and his face got bent. And he said, "Ah, the child does not know what he was doing when he took Pharaoh's hand. Because the child was he took the fire, you know, he didn't know. So when he took the fire, he said, ah, he didn't know what he was doing. So they, but Balaam told them, 
but they should kill the child. So when Moses grew up, grew up and he went to Goshen, they told him that Balaam had asked them to kill him. So Balaam left when Moses grew up because he knew Moses. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes your parents will tell you what, whatever. And remember in Numbers, when they were going, Balaam came and prophesied. He prophesied, no, this is going to come. This is a prophetic thing. It's serious. God is real. And there are things that he expects, his, his hand is working out. Even when it looks like you are enduring certain things and bearing certain things, his hand is the one working things out. Yeah. There's great wisdom in bearing things, enduring things, believing, just believing that in the end it will be okay. In the end it will be okay. Hoping things. Somebody was asking, is this the first time you've been betrayed? No, many times. Have I been attacked? Many times. Have people seen the church as a big thing you can take, do something to attack many times? Yes. It's not new. But God's hand, you see, enduring, I still have to believe. I still have to endure. I still have to bear. When Solomon was challenged in 1 Kings chapter 3, and verse 16. 1 Kings chapter 3 and verse 16. You see, two women came to see him, came to see uh, Solomon. And the one said, Oh my Lord, I live in the same house and I gave birth to a child while she was in the house. And it happened on the third day after I gave birth that this woman also gave birth. We were together. There was no stranger with us. This woman's son died in the night because she lay on it. So she arose in the middle of the night and took my son from beside me while your maid servant slept and laid him in her bosom and laid her dead son in my bosom. It's not good to sleep too deeply. Those of you who complain that you sleep lightly, you don't wake up. But if you sleep so deeply that somebody can take your child away from your bosom and replace with a dead body and so on, it's too deep. Hmm? It's a problem. And when I arose in the morning to nurse my son, behold, he was dead. And I looked at him carefully in the morning. And behold, he was not my son whom I had born. And the other woman said, no, for the living one is my son. And the one said, the dead is your son. But the first woman said, no, for the dead is your son and the living one is my son. And thus they spoke before the king. Then the king said, the one says, this is my son who is living and your son is the dead one. And the other one says, no, for your son is the dead one. My son is the living one. Then the king said, get me a sword. And they brought a sword before the king. And the king said, divide the living child into two and give half to the one and half to the other. I'm going to give you half a child. You also take half a child. Huh? Wow. And the woman whose child was the living one, okay, spoke to the king, for she was deeply stirred over her son. And she said, Oh my Lord, give her the living child and by no means kill him. But the other said, He shall be neither mine nor yours. Divide him. 
And the king said, give the first woman the living child and by no means kill him. She is the, his mother. And when all Israel heard of the judgment which the king had handed down, they feared the king. For they saw that the wisdom of God was in him to administer justice. Amen. The grace to accept that you will have a child. I will not have a child. When even though it's wrong, it's not true. Was the wisest thing she should do was to just allow. So no, have a child. It's okay. You have a child. You have a child. I will not, I will not have a child again. It's yours. No, no. It's okay. I give you. That wisdom, the grace to flow, to accept that, okay, no, I don't have a child. It's okay. I accept it. I accept it. I accept it. If she had said, no, I want, I, I want a child. And like that, the other one said, divide the child. We will share the child. We will share the child today. We will share the child today. We share, have, have the grace of flowing and bear. I will bear my child in this woman's house all my life. I will know this is my boy. Hey. And I will know that I've been cheated. Wow. But I will, I will accept it and I will flow with it. Was the grace that allowed her to have her victory because that is the power of love. You see, Bible says love never fails. Love never fails. She actually loved her own child. And the love didn't fail to give her the victory. Yeah. Many things when you give up, eh, you get it. Hundred times over. When they fought with us in Collegono over Collegono uh, Captain Cinema, I remember the day they broke our 1998, it was a Thursday morning. Bishop Eddie came to my house and told me they've come to break down the wall, the government. That day, I said, have it. It's okay. Have Collegono, have whatever. That was it. I have to flow with it. That was the day that I found the Kodesh. That, by the evening, I was standing at the Kodesh. Somebody brought me and said, something, something, million dollars. I said, really? <laughs> that was the place. There are things when you hold on to, you end up losing them. Just, he says, he bears it. I'll suffer the idea that my child is growing up somewhere and as if my child, my child never died. And Solomon saw through it. So, I don't know what you have to bear. But maybe bearing all things. And just, just, just flowing with it. You see, it's the great wisdom of God. The fight will make you lose and the other person lose and everybody lose. Have it. That's why when people go to court, they always suggest advice. Settle. If you give a chance to settle. Of course. If you can settle it. Genesis chapter 13. Verse 5. We'll be ending in a couple of minutes. But I want you to see this. The power of 1 Corinthians 14 verse 7. Bear. Hope. Believe. Endure all things. 
Another time, Abraham was moving. And in verse 6, it says, The land could not sustain them. And there was strife between the headsmen of Abraham's livestock and the headsmen of Lot's livestock. Because the land, the land could, there was so much, there was no space. So Abraham said to Lot, Abraham said, Look, let there be no strife between me and you. Huh? No, 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 no. What is this? What are you doing? There should be no argument between me and you. Why? You know, before my father died, I decided that um, I would never argue with my sisters about anything. My, my, my biological sisters, I said, no, no nothing. Whatever there is, whatever you like, whatever. No. The grace of yielding. It's okay. What is it to lose or to gain or to fight with your brother, your sister, or a pastor? That's why for me, when people say, I am like this, uh, you are this, you are this. Okay, I will go here, you go here. Abraham said that there should be no strife. We are brothers. Me and you, Lot. Lot was his nephew. His brother's son. It's not the whole land before you, verse 9. Separate from me. If to the left, I'll go right. If you go to the right, I'll go left. Lot lifted up his eyes and he saw the valley of Jordan. The valley of Jordan. That it was well watered everywhere. Ah, you saw the right place, Pa. So Lot chose for himself all the valley of Jordan. Oh, mercy. And Lot journeyed eastward, and they separated from each other. And Abraham settled in the land of Canaan. Oh, Mobo. Whilst Lot settled in the cities of the valley. Now the men of Sodom were wicked exceedingly. And the Lord said to Abraham in verse 14, after Lot had separated, Now lift up your eyes. And look from the place you are standing. North, east, south, west. All the land you see, I've given it to you and to your descendants forever. Which includes where Lot went. Because Lot went to the valley of Jordan. Now, do you know what the valley of Jordan is? Next time you are watching wildlife, please try and see. You see, sometimes there's a dry place, especially around the, the Serengeti River. You see everywhere is brown. Then you see there is green that goes this way. If, if you do it from the sky. That is the valley of a river. Wherever the river, around the river is always green. That's why the river is built, the, the Cairo is built around the river Nile. You build around rivers. Korea, Thames River in London, anywhere they always build around the river. I don't know about Accra, but they build around rivers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, we have a river. We have a river, please. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't you be bored, please. Listen to the preaching. Don't listen to other things. Lot stood and saw. I mean, you are standing with your uncle, and you know that you need green and you need land, you need water. You look at Jordan, where the river is. Oh, so I like all this place. Oh, and you lift. Abraham to be at the desert. But Abraham said, look, there shouldn't be strife. 
I'll bear it. You, whatever you choose, it's okay. It's okay. You go here, I'll go here. For me, all through my life, this has been one of my principles. There are people you don't see in my life today is because of this principle. So now I'm not like to quarrel with you. When I started the church, people fought with me over the church. You are proud. You are this. You are this. You are this. I said, you know something? I'm not anything, whatever. Go here, I'll go here. That's all. Go here, I'll go here. Up to today. If you say you don't like this, I'm this, I'm this. Go here, go here. That's all. I'll give you money to go. Standard, I've been giving money to go away, for people to go away. I can pay you sometime for years so that you go away. Because I'm not perfect. I, I don't want to be near somebody who is always quarreling with It's not necessary. Bears all things, endures all this. Even if it's a bad place, oh, no problem. All through my life, I keep moving to the next place. When I was at the Kodesh, at a point, I took a decision. I said, you know what? I leave this glorious place for you guys. I'm moving out there. I moved to uh, Legon. That's how come we are here today. I move into nothing. I move into nothing. I, rather than to have any issues with anybody. Charlie, have it. Yeah. Love to take into account the wrong side. Fight with people. No. When you see people relating for years, it is because love is working, but not because everything is perfect. A human being, eh? look, a human being, when you see a human being, there are things that the person does that will hurt you. Spread out into spaces rather than fight with your brother. It will not lead you anywhere. Nobody wins a war. Nobody, everybody has losses. You think you, you can't sow the wind and not reap the whirlwind. When you do something to see, you, you'll be shocked what, what's going to happen to you too. You think you can just get up, do this, do this, do that. It will not happen to you. It will come back to you. You know, there's a statue in London called the statue of Bomba Harris. He was the RAF commander, the commander of the Royal Air Force. And he took over the Royal Air Force at a point, and he came up with a policy to flatten every city in Germany. Yeah, he said, I would, I would de-house the Germans. Bomba Harris. It's a controversial statue because people felt that it was not a good thing that he did. But he said, no. And he, I saw him giving a speech. He said, you can't sow the wind and not expect to reap the whirlwind. Those were his words. He said, you can't sow the wind. You, German, you get up and bomb the England. Our church in London it's divided into like half, there's half of it that was bombed during the Second World War. It's actually a bombed building. They just flew over England, bombed everywhere. <laughs> so when they recovered from it, and then they, then they put Bomber Harris in charge. I mean, it's called Bomber Harris, but his name was something Harris. Put Bomber Harris in charge. He said, look, he's flattening the cities. I was in Cologne some years ago in the cathedral of Cologne and they showed me a postcard. The cathedral of Cologne was the only building that was left standing in the whole of the city of Cologne, the center of Germany. And they said that the bombers left it so that they would know their way. When they see the cathedral, they know that they are in Cologne. But not that they didn't want to bomb, but just for direction. Yeah. <laughs> They flattened so that when they go to the factories to make bombs, 
and planes and all. When they come home, there's no home. That was his policy. You can't sow the wind and not expect to reap the whirlwind. That's why God also at a point says, walk in love. Just walk away from these things and leave them. Yeah. Somebody said, I am not a good whatever. I, I don't dispute it with you. It's not a dispute at all. I also don't want to leave you. I don't want to leave you. I want to leave those who want me to lead them. <laughs> so I want to go here so that you also be at this side. And Abraham said, you know something? Take all this nice place. It's, it's yours. No problem. But God is the one who decides. You don't decide somebody's prosperity or somebody's greatness. And you can never remove from someone something which God has given to the person. So love will let you just walk away and say, hey, it's okay. When I was in Kolegono, I said, it's okay. Have Kolegono. I'll try again. I'll, I'll go somewhere. Start winning souls. And we'll, God will help us. And that's, that's it. Yeah. Sometimes some marriages, they stay until they kill each other in their beds. When I was at Kolegono, a doctor killed his wife whilst we were there. The doctor killed his wife in the, in the flat. Yeah. I mean, you even ask yourself that. Why do you quarrel to the point where you are now taking knives to kill, he stabbed his wife and killed her? A doctor. And then he was now going to prison. What, 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 what is the, what, what is the quarrel? I mean, like, what is the topic? Oh, you don't understand my English questions. The wisdom of God, just, it's okay. You say, I'm a bad person, I'm this, I'm whatever. God, may God help me and may God help you. Goodbye. I'll never forget the day we woke up and said that there's a, a distant has been killed upstairs. In the, in, I don't want to mention the block, one of the blocks there. He killed, his, he killed her. <laughs> one pastor shot his wife in America recently. They played it. They, they, they showed the funeral. You ask yourself that, what the quarrel, like, what is the topic? Yeah. It's better to just go away. So that's why you don't criticize. Sometimes when you hear somebody is divorced, you, know, you don't know. You may not. I mean, you, you, it would be best for you not to comment. Because you don't know everything. And maybe if they are even stayed, you don't know how it will be. So, be careful. Abraham said, hey, have it. And he walked away. Another time, God called him and told him, I need Isaac. I need what? I need Isaac, Isaac, Isaac. I need Isaac. Abraham said, have, have him. Have him. Have my Isaac. 
have what I've worked all my life for. Take it. I'll not fight over it. The grace of yielding. The grace of bearing, flowing, believing. People will not know what you are going through. But you are just receiving it. That's, that's maturity. That's why he was called a friend of God. And, and God took him to the last point and tested him. Yeah. Are you listening to me? Yeah. When Moses was a young man, 18 years old, he went to Goshen. He was looking for his people. And uh, he saw uh, a guy beating, fighting and beating a Hebrew man. And he asked, what, what, is, what is going on? And the guy said that this man came to my house to sleep with my wife eh, in front of me. Like he came to rob me, then he came to sleep with my wife in front of me. And now has the, has, is oppressing me and trying to beat me. So when Moses was 18, he just looked to the left, looked to the right. And he killed the man and then he put him under the sand. Now, when the man whose wife the Egyptian came to sleep with went to the house, he said that according to their law, eh, you, shouldn't stay, you shouldn't stay with your wife whom somebody has come to sleep with. So he doesn't like his wife again. So the wife went back to her family and told her brothers. So the brothers, I mean, that's how the story says. So the brothers circulated, and that's how the story spread, and that's how they came to know about Moses. So when Moses came around again, and he said, are you going to do this? And realized that ah, people knew, because he thought it was just something he had saved somebody privately in the night. But because of the wife that was sacked and went to the brothers, the thing spread. Yeah. Don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. (laughs) Are you listening to me? Yes. Yes. When he saw, he dashed to media. He stayed there for 40 years. And he did so many things which we we don't have written in the Bible. But he even became a king over some people there. Yeah. But you see, Without his own intervention, later on, he became the leader. But the first time when he was young, he would rise, I'll kill this, I'll do this, I'll do that. You are doing all this, it's not going to get you anywhere. Relaxing and allowing God, take, take my medical profession, take my passport, take whatever I have, take my opportunities, I give it to you. I have nothing. God has turned it into something great. When you yield... When you accept, when you say, I will bear, I will hope, I will believe, I will will endure. Then you are walking in the love of God. I will bear, I will hope, I will endure, I will believe. I will hope, I will bear, I will endure, I will believe. You are walking in God's love. Yeah. When you are mature, you will be more flowing. It's when you are proud and young that you are more resistant to even things. But when you are more mature, you, you see that, say it, I'll do it. Say it, I will do it. Say it, I'll do it. Speak, I'll do. I'll bear, I'll endure, I'll, I'll, I'll flow. 
That verse, that verse is a very unpopular verse. And John 21, finally, Jesus said, Truly I say to you, Peter. <laughs> John 21. Let's look at verse 17. I want to read it because that's quite something. These are the words of Jesus. And he said unto the, the third time, Simon, do you love me? And someone said, I love you. Hmm. Okay. I love thee. Thou knowest that I love thee. Feed my sheep. But we often leave the next verse. Verse 18. Verily I say unto thee, when you were young, when you were not mature, you dress yourself and walk whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, or when thou shalt be walking in love, and thou shalt be mature, when you are mature, you stretch your hands. It, that is the time that you rather give your hand like this. And another person eh, shall get thee or dress you eh, and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. When you are old, not when you are young, not when you are immature. It is when you are mature that somebody can carry you. When you are immature, nobody can carry you. And nobody can dress you. And nobody can look after you. Nobody can control you even. But when you are mature, you stretch back. That is the older version of Peter. The mature, the, the one that walks in love said, do you love me? When you love me and when you are mature, that is when you stretch your hand like this. Carry me. Carry me. It's okay. Where are you taking me? I, I, we don't know where you are taking me. We are carrying you. However it will be, it will be. The struggle will be over. The fight will just calm down. That is why sometimes older people, when they have a chance to marry again, you know, all through the Bible, see Abraham, Isaac, all of them, they also the, the wife of their old age. They all married again when they were older. He said he took a wife in his old age. Rarely do they, you might, young, young ones. Somebody who has learned to yield, to flow. Are you listening? Yeah. So love bears all things. Love believes. Love is full of hope. That why, why are you carrying me? I, I hope it is a good place. Is it, is it going to be good? Sir? He said, "You you will be taken where you don't know where you'll be taken to." Wow. Wow. Somebody asked, "Are you prepared?" I said, "I'm prepared. I'm prepared." Are you prepared to kneel down? I'm prepared to kneel down. Are you prepared to do that? Prepared. You will be prepared when you are mature. When you are not mature and you are uh, in a position, you shouldn't actually be in that position. You'll be too dangerous. God's love will work in your life. Amen. Why are you so quiet? Stand up. Please stand up. <laughs> yeah.
Lift your hands and pray, Lord, give me the grace to walk in your love like never before. Walk in your love like never before. Walk in your love like never before. Walk in love. Love bears. Love hopes. Love believes. And love endures. Somebody said, can you put up with this nonsense? Of course you can. When you are mature, you can put up with the nonsense. You become a master of putting up with nonsense. <laughs> Lift your hands and thank God. We give you praise. Lift your hands. We give you praise, Jesus. We give you praise. Why is um, Jerome and Cole? I want you to sing that song. You were on the song you were singing this morning. Let your glory fill this house. Let your praises fill our hearts. Let each vessel offer Let each vessel offer unto you. 
in maturity. Lord, give us the love of God. Touch our hearts. For we know that we pass from death to life because we have love for the brethren. Thank you. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. And as every head is bowed and every eye closed, if you are here, you'd like to give your life to God, to Jesus. Pastor, please pray with me. I want to give my life, my heart to, to Jesus. If you are here like that, I don't know, maybe somebody invited you and you want to say, Pastor, please pray with me. Help me to know Jesus as my Savior today. If you are here like that, just lift your right hand like this. Lift, lift it up high. God bless you. Pastor, help me to know Jesus. I want to be saved today. Thank you. Thank you. Now, if you've lifted your hand, you want to give your life to God today. You want to give your heart to Jesus. Come to me right here. I'm waiting for you in the front here. Just come. Step out from where you are. Hold your Bible. Hold your bag. Hold your phone. And come to me here. I'm going to pray with you. God bless you. God bless you. Encourage them. You alone. You alone. For you deserve the glory. Jesus, you alone. For you alone. Say, Lord Jesus, please forgive me for my sins. I give my heart to you. I give my life to you. Please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me today. From today, I am born again and I am a child of God. Please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Lord for saving me today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Alright, God bless you. Please follow this lady. Always come near. Come nearer. Always come near, okay? Otherwise they can't see. Thank you. Go this way. Follow her, please. Alright, God bless you. You alone, where's the communion? You alone are Oh yes, you are holy, the body of Christ, the body of Jesus. Now, I am the bread of life. 
This is the bread of life which a man may eat and not die. Anti-death. Lift it up. This is your anti-death medicine. May life enter you as you receive the body. Father, bless us as we come before your holy meal. May life enter us as we take of this. May we experience what is in Jesus, the body of Jesus Christ. Let us never die because you died for us. And let whatever shortens life, shortens our stay on earth, be cancelled as we receive today's communion in particular. The body of Jesus Christ. your mistakes as against your mistakes this one your mistakes are drowned never to be head off again into the sea of forgetfulness the blood that never loses its power the blood of Jesus lift your hands for your blessing entering you I see wisdom when I say something that is you believe in you say amen I see the glory of God on your life you are healed from your diseases you are rescued from your mistakes Satan's plans for your life have failed. In the name of Jesus. Now receive the blessing of the Lord. Let the angel of the Lord arrive in your situation and help in your situation and fight in your situation and remember you. Now lift your two hands. And say to the Lord, remember me, Lord. Remember me. Remember, 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 remember. May the Lord remember you. May he remember your prayers. May he remember your goodness. May he remember your offerings. May he remember your cries. May he have mercy and pity on you. In the name of Jesus. Whatever you couldn't lay hands on, you couldn't achieve before. By this blessing, receive it now in Jesus' name. Let me hear your loudest amen. Father, thank you that with these brief words, I bless the people. The Lord bless you. The Lord give you peace. The Lord remember you. And the Lord answer your prayers. May he that sits on his throne above, Remember and answer every prayer that you have prayed and cried to the Lord. In Jesus' name I pray and bless you. Let me hear your loudest. Amen. Bless you. 
You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Now, I have a prophecy. In some years to come, several people here are going to have churches like this church, and you'll be preaching. You'll be preaching in those churches. I don't know who you are, but receive it practically. It's going to happen practically. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.